the Born to Be Mild podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in to the Thanksgiving edition of Born to Be Mild for the hellacious year of 2020. I hope that you are out there enjoying your Thanksgiving, um, preferably watching, uh, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, and not living it. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be sticking close to home, but uh, I hope that you are listening to this maybe while you're on your treadmill, maybe while you're on your Peloton, preemptively trying to work off the calories that you're going to be consuming over the next 72 hours. Either way, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, hey, we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, in general, but very specifically as of recently, I think you know what we're talking about. Uh, the transition has actually begun in the government. The GSA little lady gave her check mark, and the funds are now released to the Biden campaign. Trump's never going to concede. I think that's probably a safe bet, and if he does, it'll be a nice little surprise. But he doesn't have to, and it doesn't matter. So we're just going to keep on trucking. Um... COVID is absolutely raging out of control, and I know you guys are being safe out there, so please continue to do so, and uh, I wish everybody the safest of holiday seasons. Uh, as always, stick to trusted sources in the news. I think that we are seeing more batshit crazy being thrown against the wall by the minute, and we have no time for that, so do not pay it no mind, and certainly don't spread it. Um, always keep the conversation going though. I think that's one thing we got to remember. So we don't need to be silenced and we certainly do need to make sure that we are setting crazy to the side. Um, I have Britt, the wife, and West Coast Nick, the longtime friend on the podcast today. We had a really fun discussion. It was um, a nice little mixed bag and it's going to be a really good discussion for you to listen to. Um, in the car, uh, maybe getting your sweat on, on the Peloton, whatever you might be doing. But, um, I think this is going to be something you're going to be quite nicely engrossed in for the next 45 minutes. So thank you again for tuning in and, uh, stay tuned in the upcoming weeks. We're going to be dropping the newest parody single to the tune of grandma got run over by a reindeer. This one will be grandma had herself a QAnon year. Because that is the type of year that we are living in. This thing is going to be great. So stay tuned for that. As always, thanks to Ryan Little for our intro music. And also, as always, please rate and review us on the iTunes store. We love being here for you guys. Or excuse me, I do. And I know the other guys do too. So I speak for them. Anyways, take care. And we'll talk soon. Joining me for the uh, Thanksgiving drive or no drive to the place of the eating, we have the wife Brittany and the West Coast Nick. Hello. Thank you for joining me, guys. Hello. Yo, great to be here, Ron. Yeah, let's What's pretend up, like Brittany? we weren't just having an amazing conversation <laughs> before this, but now we're going to start it officially, so let's get down to tax. Rock and roll. <laughs> All right, where are we going? All right, so. Uh, first thing I want to get out of the way is what we're thankful for, but in a very specific manner. Uh, what are we thankful for now that Trump is going to be out of the White House? What's the one thing about not having him as president that you are going to be most thankful for? Brittany, I'm going to start with you. That we might find out what we have in common. <laughs> Who? You and Trump? You and I. Because all we've <laughs> talked about for four years is politics and Trump. Oh! <laughs> yeah, well, you would think that that would be the answer. However, Zing. if he decides to start a shadow government from Mar-a-Lago, then I will probably be just as invested in what he has to say from there as I've been this whole time. Rats! So, uh, the saga continues because he ain't dead yet. And until that man is six oh feet underground God. and uh, everyone has lost interest in his prodigies, or his progeny, pardon me, um. Yeah, we're gonna be stuck with him. So sorry. Holy smokes! Right. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of where it's at. All right, Nick. What do you, how about you? <laughs> uh, what are you thankful for now that Trump is gonna be out of office? I guess I think 
well, this is a tough one. I, I really think I'm thankful that he won't have the nuclear football. <laughs> you know, all right, so to his credit, it seems like even though he's a complete maniac, he wasn't really playing as fast and loose with that kind of stuff as I thought he might. Does that no, seem he, right? Is that is that yes. overblown? No, I and I, I totally agree. I, I just think that the idea that it's Trump with it is yeah, of course. Uh, what I'm, any, yeah, but it, yeah, he's a, like there seems to be a, like a very serious uh, anti-war kind of sentiment with him. With you know, kind of taking. I, I think that the tweet uh, that he said to Liz Cheney uh, pretty much said it all when he said that. Oh, you're. When she said that she was, uh, he needs to go. Um, he said, "Oh, you're just upset that I took all, uh, soldiers out of Iraq." And it, you can see that it's kind of like, "What do you, you?" This is not typical Republican politics. So, I, I think you're right. Uh, he's not trying to do that. He's actually trying to put America at an international disadvantage militarily. Yeah, so, but all right. So the thing is, is that he thinks he could put America in a bubble. And he thinks that we could just live in on an island, literally isolationist. As if it, like that actually works in today's society. It doesn't. No, no, no. I mean, it's a it's a world where we are inter- interacting with each other, and the whole idea of siloing the United States just makes China and Russia stronger on the international stage. And and I don't know if Trump knows that, but that's what he's been fed. So. Uh, and that's what he's decided to do. Um, and, so yeah, and, all right. So you are right you are right very time. thankful that this man does not have the nuclear codes right at hand, and he's not going to be firing anything off anytime if, soon. And I would say that that was a pretty decent success um, in terms of his approach actually matching the threat level that he ended up giving us over his uh, term. He's all that talk. Was, <laughs> that was cool. Exactly. That was that was really great. Uh, he did a couple of strikes over there where it was unilateral, and he knew he was going to get away with it, but it was also this tete-a-tete with Russia that had us on our toes a little bit. And, and well, I think maybe now that he's out of office, we're going to actually find out what's going on with a lot of his Russia dealings. So Yeah, absolutely. That, I, guess, I mean, the Kurds I mean, thing was atrocious. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, so was the Russian bounty gate. That was atrocious yep. as well. So, oh, man. Who knows how much Compromat made him uh, look the other way when he found out that was the case. Because apparently... Yeah, he knew that for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, supposedly. I mean... Allegedly. Supposedly. That's, that's yeah, yeah. if he knows how to read. You have to know that <laughs> if he read the daily briefings, as he said and swore that he did, but we all know he did not, uh, then he was aware of it. Yeah. It'd be um, awesome. It, it'd be awesome if there, some a daily briefing just had him dressed up like a military soldier and said, "There's a bounty on you, Mr. Trump. Now imagine this happening to someone else." <laughs> we didn't get him dressed up as much in some stuff. I think that maybe if he were a little trimmer, he would have probably put on more uniforms because he really yeah. likes it. So we had the bomber jacket one time. And, you know, he's always got the hat, but he's just more cut out for the golf course and that kind of leisure attire than any type of those uh, was, dress up in the in the military fashion that he definitely was, is into. He is definitely, there was a felt, couple, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. There was a couple early pictures with Kush uh, where he was wearing the flak jacket and stuff, but that kind yeah. of disappeared really quickly. But, yeah, he's, I mean, he's an Appalette dude at heart. So, unfortunately, 100%. he never really came to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How about you, right, Ron? So me, Trump, Trump for your White House. Um, I think the best part is that like the ineptitude will be completely gone across the board. Uh, that is like the easy answer for me. Like when it comes to um, anyone from DeVos to Pompeo, oh, like the entire cabinet uh, gone, and especially now, now that you're in, on like the C team or the D team, like we started out with Rex Tillerson. And now we've got the Monopoly guy, you know, like by the end of it, it's just like (laughs) we've got we've got nobody left. Nobody wants to work with this guy. And I I couldn't even imagine what it would look like if he went into a second term because he has exhausted everybody who is looking to 
fall on the sword of either democracy or craven capitalism to work with this guy. Um, it's either one or the other because that's the only way you're getting on board. You're like, I think I can save him. You're that chick. You're like, I think <laughs> I can. I th- you know, I think I can make this work. I think we can uh, do good things and and just be completely delusional out of your mind. Or you can be like, I'm along for the ride and I'm going to get uh, just in the freaking pockets of this country like nobody's ever seen. And this doughy mf'er is going to help me do it. And, uh, yeah, so... Or, like, a book deal. The grift is gone. Everything's gone. These people are terrible, terrible people, and they're in charge of really important shit. So, like, you know, maybe the the Department of Education or Housing is going to have some people in there who's actually going to do their job. Or, like, uh, the Department of... I don't know. The NSA. Agriculture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, all the different uh, there's there's just been so many egregious acts that have gone on during the the, the four years from whatever department you want to look at. It's it's become a it's a farce whatever, of itself. Yeah, what, what whatever it day it is. I mean, it, it's going to be something that somebody did, and then there's things that go under the table that you don't find out weeks later. It it just it's it's unfortunate, but it's also not surprising with with the people that he's installed. And I just wanted to go back really quickly, like with the education stuff. You know, I, the one thing I've been like kind of meditating on a little bit uh, is, you know, how awesome it is that Jill Biden is going to still be like the whole teaching. Uh, she's going to continue like, to teach while she's first lady. Yeah, it, and like th- that's going to heal what Betsy DeVos has done in a big way. And I think that that's one of the most important things to heal in this nation uh, at this point. Because like, nothing pisses me off more than her. Uh, I mean, other stuff is bad, but like education has just been such an important thing for me. Uh, that seeing her dismantle the education system and how great Jill Biden is as a force for that type of work uh it's just really exciting that's awesome yeah and um we're seeing people like being announced for the cabinet appointments right now and they're all kind of like not very exciting and it's nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not saying that because like um uh, i'm okay with it in in a lot of ways like i'm a little more left of where joe biden is i just think this might be a an opening position. Um, what do you think? Yeah, like, do you think like he might be starting in the center and then moving to the left? I think you or have is to. Is he always always going to stay in the in the middle? Is he always going to actually try to reach out to Republicans? Because I think right now, like there are so many people who are off the deep end on the right. Like, don't we have to try and maintain a civilization without their help because they are almost unreachable? Like, it isn't like. Do we have to keep reaching out to these people? Like, after 2016, it was all about, all right, now you need to find out about the Trump voter. You need to figure out what that person is, who that person is, what they're feeling. It's like, I know what they're feeling. I don't, and and I really don't like it, frankly. So, (laughs) they might be down and out, but so are we. But their ideas in, in how to solve it or who's to blame for it or anything are so unmatching with mine because most of the time they're getting bad information that like how how are you supposed to reason with that because they're they're beyond reason at this point like and and Biden is coming into this as a centrist and he's going to be with a fucking um, an obstinate senate in his way that is not going to be trying to help the nation out in my opinion so like I don't know do you have to reach out or don't you? Yes. I feel like yes. I always I always err on the side of being uh, a welcoming force where you're bringing people in rather than excluding them. But I also think you have to be careful with what they... You have to be... You have to remember. Like... In the same way that Lindsey Graham remembered what he said when he was saying, if uh, we're in the same position and we're trying to do this, uh, you can call it on me. I think the fair thing to do is to just, hey, call people on stuff and, and call this administration on stuff and say, hey, 
you know, you decided to bring your whole family into the White House. You decided to bring in people that, you know, look. But wait, all right. But so that's just it. All right. So they have not done that. And I have no, they have here that is exactly to that point because it was really getting my goat throughout the week and throughout the last couple weeks. Like when Donald Trump is pulling all this fucking hijinks with the election and essentially trying to steal it, you're not seeing the condemnation from the Biden camp that you should be seeing. And it reminded me a lot of the primaries where um, basically um, Biden was sitting in a basement and letting everybody duke it out and he was chilling and... Um, he didn't really come out with a message. He just was there in the end. So I was like, "All right, that's great, but that's not that's not how you actually get it done. That is not coming out in front of it and um, making your stance known." So well, he's he's playing it too safe. And when you have somebody who is doing something that is so egregious to the fabric of the nation, if he were to possibly get away with it, like. We found out all these little minute ways that the entire um, swing of the election hangs in the balance, whether it be a board of canvassers here or some fucking regent there that you never heard of that all he has to say is, I think something fishy because he got brought into the White House. And that could nullify, like they were saying, all of Detroit, the entire Wayne County vote. Um in one fell swoop by one guy or if you wait out the clock like there's all these levers that they can pull and they're willing to do it I I mean I, I the the Republican Party has sat back and, and watched this uh, just I mean I, I'm not going to go into detail about like the whole administration and, and what's happened over the four, last four years but the idea that it's taken several several you know weeks of waiting to say oh well let him let him do what he needs to do like this this constant well just it, you know let him like there's all this kind of allowing going on and and i think that look uh, our standing internationally and and what's been going on in the country it definitely needs to be addressed but you know, I, I think Biden, you know, is looking at it from a perspective of he wants to get the virus under control. That's that's point one. But I'll be interested to see, you know, like in May, uh, June, July, and maybe even like a year from now where we're at, if he's started to put measures in place to either, uh, I don't say necessarily punish the, the, the Republican Party, but kind of look at like, what what we need to do to start shifting these ideas right. where so here's where, here's what's going to happen i think i know what you're saying um i think he's going to actually put on the plate some of these like morsels of um legislation that you're not going to be able to say no to as a centrist and even in some of these red states and it will be coming upon re-election time in the midterms so if you have all this really awesome infrastructure shit that everyone is on board with but it's a democratic bill and you don't want to sign it well your constituents back home are going to eat you alive if you don't you know just because there's so much money that will be coming into your state so there's a lot of these easy fixes um like you saw trump actually knock one out of the park um i think just this last week when he tried to get the prescription drug prices lowered that right. was another one that i heard that was supposed to be on the docket for the biden administration to be like all right Either you're going to work with me as Republicans on these really easy measures that have 60, 70, 80% support across the board, or you're going to get filleted for it. So I think if that's what you were talking about, I think that is absolutely what they're going to have to do because after you round the bend from the pandemic, you're going to be looking at getting people back on their feet if it's not completely in a wasteland in the easiest measures possible. And those types of things are the uh, the shovel ready projects, so to speak. Yeah, I, I I think that that's basically. I think that there just needs to be more policy that is is looking at how we can aid the country rather than the Republican Party. 
because I think that when I see the way that they work, it just seems like they only win or or they're and obviously they're playing to their supporters. I mean, like there's a lot of and look, I'm not saying that it's wrong to be pro business and wrong to like cut out some restrictions so people can like all these things are fine. It's just we have to be careful because look at how our economy just flat out just just busted out like it's the service industry jobs having good paying jobs that I think that are like long term jobs just shifting where our focuses are in terms of occupational just the way kind of because look when they doled out this money in the PPP there was no obligation to the corporations to aid anybody below them in any way so these types of things like if we're looking at uh, a pandemic or some kind of national emergency, we should start looking at it and putting a ton of money into it of shoring up so we don't have these financial falls and don't have these like uh, food falls and like all these different things that look, I mean, they're right in our face now. So like, let's analyze it and solve it, you know, and I think everybody can get on board with that stuff. Yep, I do too. And um, we actually got the go ahead, what was it like yesterday or today where the uh, General Services Administration got the go-ahead to certify the election, and we can finally start putting this thing in the books. I'm ready to um, celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> popping bottles over here, that's for damn sure. I mean, because it's, like, like, it's on paper now, like somebody acknowledged it in the federal government that this actually took place. Congratulations, we're uh, not a banana republic right now for the moment. Did this feel um, weird to either of you? Because I, I remember, uh, I think, was it yesterday when they certified it? Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. Yesterday. So it's like, yeah, I was like telling my girlfriend, I was like, I guess we should celebrate. <laughs> I know. Like, this is actually when like, it happened. This is. It just felt really weird. Because there's never actually going to be one. Right. Yeah. That's the sick part about it. Like, this guy has done so much damage to the fabric of free and fair elections and essentially what everyone, Republican or Democrat, has said to be the the most safe election, the most fraud-free election in the history of this country. And yet we still have people who are willing to just lie blatantly on TV, you know, in service of the administration. It's just It's just been so crazy to watch and unfortunately... Um, I don't know, like, I, I, I saw this Laura Ingram clip, or I, sorry, I heard it, um, where she had to basically let the audience know that Trump had lost, and it was from yesterday or the day before. Oh, shit, and I gotta watch, I gotta see it that. Was, it was <laughs> so bad, because she was like, you know, this is what actually happened, sorry, you know, contrary to what you heard. This is what's going to be going down, so you're going to have to just deal with what is essentially an un, an inconvenient truth, and that's what a lot of people are being dealt right now because they were promised there was no way that this guy was going to lose unless he got cheated out of it, and lo and behold, he lost, and he said he got cheated out of it. Well, I think the more interesting thing is now that they've acknowledged it is come February or let's just say. Trump doesn't unravel until the summer or whatever. He takes some time off and then he comes back in the summer all crazy style. It will be fun to watch these people who are crazy supportive and toting that line right now and see what they're saying when it's obvious he's just ranting and raving and has no hold on anything. So why would they have an allegiance to him? So I think it would be funny to see the difference in what they're saying. I think I, I think you're totally right, and I think we're seeing a little bit of it now because I I accidentally saw that he was retweeting Randy Quaid uh, yes, today. I don't yes. know if you saw that. I it was saw like a kind of today. a spooky video where he was like got a strobe and he was talking about going to Newsmax and OAN and how Fox has abandoned them. Uh-huh. And and I think that what, exactly. Brittany, what like you're I talking saying, about when you have Laura Ingram acknowledging the actual truth and facts of the election, and that is something that's going to turn off their viewership because it's 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 hitting them in their safe space. Then yet there are alternatives, and they're out uh, there. And and to Brittany's point, 
don't you think that Trump is just going to have a, a stranglehold on the party until he dies? Like, this guy can be a kingmaker because he's going to hold the fact of whether or not he's going to run again over their heads until the day before the election if he wants to. Nobody can out nobody can outbeat him on that side. Like, there's not a bigger personality that could run against him right now and win. So he either has to say, I'm not running, or I choose you as the person who represents me the best. He is that powerful right now because he is like a demigod over these people. I feel like it's not the whole Republican Party, so you'll see a lot of the stuff split once he's not like the. That's what I would hope. That's what I would hope. But they fall in line. They're falling in line right now. Like exactly like Mitch McConnell, the leader, as well as so many other people in the Senate, are still not even recognizing, or they weren't recognizing Biden as the winner of the election. He, like, like, Trump had lost, and yet he was still so powerful in their eyes that they couldn't say it. I, How I mean, crazy is that? Mitch McConnell That's what's is, going on, but that's what's going on right now. His brain is melted, including but his exterior. The, but, but the problem is that he's not melted. He's sly like a turtle fox. So what he's doing... <laughs> So what he's doing is he's knowing what the constituency, you know, has in mind. And that's like, yes, we believe that Trump was gypped out of this shit, so we're going down with him. Like, And if he's going down fighting, then he's our savior. And if you turn against him, then we turn against you. So you have to be the last person that turns against him. Well, I I just think that, I, and, and it's interesting because I, I never really thought that you know, Brittany, you were saying that Trump would take a break, and I kind of thought that was funny because I'm thinking like, hmm, would he? Like, would he actually go out like and disappear for a little while and kind of let let it kind of like settle? And I, I never really weeks show you that maybe he he probably will because that's what well he, he has he the ability. Lost. Yeah, he has the ability to do that. I mean, did I think that when Trump lost, he would just go dark and just tweet like? Random sentence fragments for the next couple months. He turned into. I thought. <laughs> well, no, it's it's like he life. he. Well, wow, yeah, no he just didn't say any words. I mean, it was weird. <laughs> he just stopped talking. Mm-hmm. And I that never thought is that was the weirdest thing of all. Yeah. And but but then you have people like there is this. I, I think uh, Charlie. Charlie Sykes calls it the fever swamp. Somebody said that the fact that he was out. <laughs> That he was out golfing the day after the election showed that he was so confident in his win that he was just <laughs> relaxing and taking in a nice afternoon. You know, like he wasn't basically just like, I don't care what happens because I kind of can check out whenever the hell I want because I'm so narcissistic that the fate of the world can just wait on me, you know, taking a dump. I'll be right back. Um,. No, Ron, uh, one of the funniest things I heard uh, while, you know, I listen to CNN while I'm working on the computer, and one of the funnier things was, uh, like, I don't know, it was a couple, like a week or two ago, or a week and a half, where they were talking about the president's schedule, and uh, it said that it was the Christmas unveiling and the pardoning the turkey was the only thing on the president's schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was it. Like, it th- this is the it president. Is. They don't even schedule in the personal time anymore, or the executive time, or whatever nah. the hell they call it. Like, he's just, it's all that. He's just on vacation now, permanent vacation. It, he is. It, yeah. That's so terrible. And, you know, the Biden administration has been calling it out these last this last week especially. He's like, your inaction is costing people lives. Can you not just at least, like come to the helm for your last couple weeks in office, sir? Do you think you couldn't go out with a little bit well, of dignity? And no, the, he cannot do that. Well, there was something that we mutually kind of under, like, uh, as a as a, like, look, across party lines, whether you lost or you didn't lose or whatever, you know, you won, the pandemic is still happening. Like, it, it's not, like, whether the election like went whatever direction it was, like, it's still happening. Like you still have to do work on that, it's regardless. It's still happening, like it was a couple months ago. Yeah, it's, it's the worst it's ever been. Raging out of control. Yeah. Like it's so bad right now. And actually, that's gonna actually segue into our next segment because we're traveling during Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. and we're going against the CDC's <laughs> recommendations and basically anybody else's recommendations. 
Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> we're going to do that. Basically, the, yeah, I mean, local, <laughs> state. You name it. It's federal. horrible when you say it out loud like that, but but I'm the, saying the, it just to be the guy in the driveway. <laughs> I have totally been an advocate for the most safe practices possible this entire pandemic. Uh, for the most part, I haven't wrapped myself in visqueen for yeah. an entire day, but you know. <laughs> um. So so just at this point, we know that um. My mom and stepdad have been essentially quarantined since they went back to their house in North Carolina. And Mm -hmm. um, they are both retired and they stick to themselves and do the same things that we do. And we got COVID tests just last Friday and we're being so very careful and haven't seen hide nor hair of anybody ourselves. So we feel safe as long as we, you know make it down there and matriculate to Charlotte in a bubble and get there germ-free or as safe as possible that, like, um, we were just as likely to get anything down there as we were up here and we're making the trip. I don't think everybody who are who's traveling over this Thanksgiving weekend is doing it to that extent. I think a lot of people are just like, fuck it. But, um... Yeah, there is. You know how we're doing it, even though we are breaking the rules. Well, Ron, I mean, I I think that what you what you're saying, see, this is this is the problem that I think happened during the pandemic at some point is that the whole point was to slow the spread so hospitalization doesn't go out of control. So at some point, that idea disappeared, or I'm not exactly sure what happened, but. Now we have a situation where I think people who are at risk are quarantining because they're just scared shitless. Or I, I mean, like I, I, I don't know what they're feeling, but my my no, that's basically my feel- what it is. And you're and then the people right. are living and their that lives. That's the metric that we were all doing this for in the first place, and some yeah. people did forget why that was going on. So that is a really important and relevant thing to bring up. That it all has to do with capacity. It all has to do with the ability for the hospitals and the locales to be able to treat people properly. Yeah, that's why it's so problematic in like places like South Dakota, where it's fifty percent infection rate, and and they're like in El Paso. And they have one doctor. They have like yeah. Doc Hollywood who comes into town, and they have you know. I mean, it's. Like I think I, I have no idea uh, exactly because it, look, it's it's a very small population in that state and and they don't have hospitalization because they don't really need it but in this chunk in this this time this is where you kind of got to look at it from a perspective of am i being smart about it and so that's the one thing that i think you're fighting against if you, you choosing to do this is you're fighting against people who are not being smart about it so if you can avoid situations where you know that people aren't like are you going to stop at a bar on the way down? <laughs> no, exactly. That's just it. Like, uh, Unfortunately, you know, my wife does like to pee indoors. And so that will probably be the most dangerous thing that we encounter on the way down there. Because I will just open up a door and make that shit happen. Right. Vivian has a nice little diaper that she makes everything happen in. <laughs> and um, that's how we're going to get down there. And that's going to be the most... That's going to be the most... Uh, that would yeah. be the inflection point for infection. I think the infection I think that, inflection point. Yeah, and I think that those types of uh, just being cognizant of that. See, I think that the one thing that I, I, I kind of want to express is that if we're all co- like thinking about it and doing these things, like if you just think about it, just think, uh, that changes the way you do things. And I think that a lot of people just want to just go back to normal and let's just. Like, let's just go back to normal and it'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, it will be fine for you, but not all the people you infect. No, (laughs) that's absolutely right. But the problem is that we have people going inside for the winter. So you're in California. You're not going to deal with that to the same extent. Obviously, you know, back home here in Ohio that people are going to deal with. So, like, you have all these schools that aren't going to be able to get properly ventilated without freezing the kids out. Right. And you're not going to get these businesses all ventilated, so everybody's going to infect each other at the office. And the same thing goes at the doctor's office or wherever the hell else you're at. 
Um, you, I mean, you they, have... I think they Go went ahead. to like remote learning here uh, again. I mean, and it, we it's... just went to remote learning again here as well, at least yeah. through I think mid January for a lot of these places, uh, because the infection rates have just got to that level where you got to sit this thing out for a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of uh, you know. I I decided you know there was a like a thing going on for uh, you know my girlfriend's family uh, they were doing something in I think Marina Del Rey and it's like yeah I I, I decided to not go <laughs> right and isn't it nice we have that option now in the pandemic like I I you're having yeah, an event I, how dare you well I mean I just thought my you know constitution I'll see you later I'll see you in a couple I just months. thought that you know like I I talk a lot of shit and. I just thought, you know, also, look, it's just like, I I just feel like to me, you know, I don't really do much for Thanksgiving um, normally. I don't, I, I've, I haven't come home in a, a long time. So it's not really like, I'm, it is a, a, an important holiday and I, and I appreciate it. But look, man, the idea of jumping in, like I, w- what I was hoping when I, and I started to hear news about the airports that it was going to be at an all-time low and nobody's flying this year, you know? And uh, I basically, like, it's a couple million people a day going through LAX, you know what I'm saying? It's business as usual. Yeah, so it's just like, I'm staying away I, from I that. I remember having some really good Thanksgivings when I was out there in Los Angeles with you, especially, like, yeah, I, I remember the first one, we really went all out. <laughs> and like cooked our own food and had a Bristol Farms turkey that oh, we yeah. picked out and it had a name and everything. And, um, <laughs> we, um, yeah, it, you know it was it was really well done. It was a home away from home kind of experience. It was really great. Yeah, I mean, I I just to me the infection rate and, and the amount of look, I, I just think that when you're dealing with situations where it's the density here and and the amount of people that are uh look you got a lot of people that are kind of like uh it's just the airport just kind of freaks me out right now because i I just think that there's a lot of people that are cutting corners to make flights i mean ron uh, i mean i i just i had to run the last two miles last year for christmas okay like the traffic jam was so bad that I had to literally get out of the car, like and, a movie. And, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to make the flight if I stayed in the car, so I got out of the car and I ran that's awesome. to my terminal. No, that's like succession. Um, yeah. The, so the it's sun that busy. Didn't make it to the right? meeting. <laughs> well, it's that busy again, even though there's a pandemic. So yeah. I wouldn't I'm be just, flying anywhere. I, no, it's I, we're not flying quarters. anywhere. We're not flying yeah. anywhere. No, that's the thing. It's like, and I don't. I like, would, we were just talking. I was talking to her the other day. I was like, you know, it would be really nice if there was some kind of national rating advisory board that could come in there and stamp you as having ha- had the best filtration system installed in your business, and you are clean air certified. You know, no spores of contagion <laughs> kind of Boy. thing. If if well, I wish we but had like a governing body that could do me. stuff like that's that, that's like that is the uh, <laughs> big government um, progressive lefty who wants oversight of people's well-being to a base level, essentially. You know, so I, I don't know. That, that's I just think, me. Um, I, I think public safety is pretty important. Yeah, yeah, public safety number one. <laughs> so, um, so it's not just you. Do you know? Do you, do you know this dog face dude? I do not. From TikTok? On the TikTok with the ocean spray drinking on the oh, skateboard. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know Did he have dog face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Apparently he goes by that. That's like his... Oh. Name. I never knew his name. That's his handle. Oh, okay. And I follow him on one of the social meds. <laughs> I saw that he met with... I saw that he met with Snoop Dogg. He met. I, I. He meets with everybody right now. Like I see him with a new endorsement every day, um, and that's. Re- it's actually really cool because this dude was like living or is currently living in a trailer with his daughter, and um, is getting the keys to a new house soon. Like because of all this newfound fame, and uh, is just spreading his super chill vibe. 
to all the corners well, you, of the universe. You know what I, I think? It's pretty great. No, the one thing that I found really interesting about that phenomenon was, uh, or I guess it's a meme, or I don't even know what you call that. A TikTok. Yeah, he is a meme. No, he's a total meme. Um, that he's a fucking all the millenn- flesh and like all meme. like uh, people on TikTok just discovered how fucking sweet that song is. Like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that song has been around for fucking forty-five years. It's fucking kicks ass. Yeah, it does. And you welcome you've to reality. Been a Fleetwood Mac song for a really long time. Probably hell since yeah. Like high school and the fucking uh, Gilman Terror. And the Gilman Terror cover is uh, the badass. The Gilman cover is badass. You're absolutely yeah. right. Like <laughs> you had um, you had Gil on the on the vocoder or whatever yep. that was like. Old school, yeah, no vocoder. The vo- yeah, and it, it, it the sound was so beautiful and per- pitch perfect for that cover. And the, and then um, Ultimate Donnie hitting the chorus, right? And they're both <laughs> usually like running around the stage. I think not fully naked, but close. No, no, yeah, close. Yeah, anyways, so like, it's a Gilman Terra thing. <laughs> God, if anybody listening knows Gilman Terra, you guys are loving this right now. <laughs> Shout out to one of the best bands that Youngstown has ever produced, right up there with the Absolutely. Dead Boys. Yeah, right up there with anybody you want to throw up there. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's hey, just a, maybe, it's a lot of fun. Maybe Richie, maybe Ultimate Donnie's listening here. right now. Who knows? That would be that's a dream come true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so speaking of, um, one of his other videos was um, him exhaling weed smoke. To mm. the weekend's blinding lights. I have and, not seen this one. Yeah, so it's just in a giant circle when he hits the chorus of like exhalation, and I'm like, oh man, this song is so cool. Like I don't know it, and I had to write it down because like it was this whole thing where um, I found out about what the song was, and then I was turned on, and then off, and then on again. So um, I heard it on the the on the dog face video and I was like this this shit is dope because it's got this old school and new I knew it was new but it was like this old school shit and you know like that song is really dope right yeah no I yeah no I, I I've listened to some of the weekends uh, music I mean I I definitely think that this is the thing that with with uh, TikTok and like how we uh, actually access that media is interesting because I don't use TikTok, but I see that stuff, and it's interesting, like how reposting this stuff eventually makes it to everywhere. Because I think there was a video recently of a guy grabbing. I believe, I believe if you use, if you're on TikTok and you're doing that, then you are cognizant of the artist and the song title. Oh, do they say that on it? Yeah, I believe. Oh, so. I didn't so know like that. If you're playing along at home, essentially. You know who that person is, and you do get hip to who made this. But like when you okay. see it, like you know the reposts on other social meds. Um, yeah, it's just the it's just the it's the video just or the, the redo. Yeah, it's yeah. just the cover, and it's not giving credit to the initial artist. So Interesting. That's where yeah yeah exactly. So that's where that disconnect comes from. Um, the initial experience actually does make you. It, it no, I, represent, I, I, so I was pretty into uh, The Weeknd's latest album. I thought it was a different uh, kind of sound for him. Uh, so I thought, you know, like, I, I, I support, you know, trying to get that type of, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was just, a little. That's it. Because, like, I was, I, I wrote this down because it had a much faster tempo than his normal stuff. So I was, like, totally digging it because, like, normally his stuff is super depressing and... I, it's like yeah, it's got great beats, well, but it, it makes me feel lonely. Yeah, like, it like, wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't like, really like, into like this. the whole movement. Look, I mean, I have thoughts about this, but I wasn't whole really into that movement of uh, what's the guy, the graduation song, uh, the face tattoo guy who does Doritos commercials yeah, now. Yeah, the um, the we the don't need to Post mention Malone. his name. <laughs> we don't right? need to say his name. Is that the guy? Yeah, Post Malone. So, yes. like, look, when I saw that yes. music getting popularized, yeah, I, I just wasn't, I was what thinking of, the like, shoegazing, the, the something, I don't know. It was, uh, what was the name, like, there was all that, like, era of, uh, you know, Limp Bizkit and Corn and uh, 
some of those bands that were like having this like really downtoned kind of music. And I thought that like that music didn't really resonate with what I was seeing with all the people that I was with. And I thought, why is this popularized? And and, and so I'm seeing now that that type of music, because like it was, it was type kind of music that got a lot of people through the nineties and two thousands because they're like, Falling in my yeah, skin. but it, see that's the thing. It's like I totally, I totally so equate Post Malone with that music. music. Exactly, they're like, yeah. it's it's um it's a fatalistic look at life that is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but uh, I've been doing so a that, lot of. That's where that's where the the weekend comes in. Is I yeah. guess where I was tying it all together. Where it, like, it's not a it's not a happy outlook on life. Um, but like I thought that this song was turning the corner and thought it was really cool. No, I think that his new album has a lot of tracks that I think are aren't necessarily uplifting, but they're more realistic about the times we live in because that's kind of the thing that I don't like about like some of the bubblegum kind of pop is that <laughs> this is not fucking reality, okay? I don't care what you fucking say. This is not what the real world is and like. Speaking of that's what that's what my next thing about this my next note about the song was I got sick to my stomach when I heard the kids bop cover of uh, Black Uh-oh. Lights. <laughs> it was and they changed like uh, change turned me on with just one song instead of just one touch and like these icky right. changes that I like I was like this is fucking gross why would you choose to cover this why why can't you just do Farmer in the Dell you guys ugh. Oh my so god! So I, got, I definitely got to hear that. You just, don't need just to hear for posterity. It, you just know that it's there. <laughs> just know that it's there. No, but um, uh, one. No, just uh, just as a side, uh, since we're talking about music, yeah. um, one of the band, two bands that uh, I've been listening to recently, and uh, the kid, you you can check it out if you want, but uh, it's uh, one hundred Gex. Do you know these two? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, there's Dorian Electra and One Hundred Gex. Check that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, it's called like hyper pop. Um, okay. I don't even really know what it Are is. Are they from but, Sweden? Uh, no, it's everybody's from the United States. Oh, but it's no. like it's like weird gender fluid like uh, metal uh, rap uh, rock electronic te- te- techno. I don't know. It's every genre in one. I mean, Dorian Electra is like almost like Prince a little bit. It's it's bizarre. And uh, who's the appeal? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, are, all right. Like twelve-year-olds. So I, I, just, I just clicked on this. <laughs> it looks like a video that they made at home. So is this just like um, some like DIY takeover? Well, Dorian Electra's really, really uh, well produced, and actually, her latest track has Rebecca Black on it, uh, the Friday chick. Do you remember that right. song? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like tongue in cheek, uh, really like internet focused. So like they know like about like everything that's going geck? on. What's a geck? Uh, from my understanding, the name of the band came from when they were walking down the street and saw somebody spray-painted 100 Gex on a wall, and they go, hey, do you want to start a band? And they just called it whatever they saw at that point. The name of the album's 1000 Gex, so it's really irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really means oh, nothing. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll check that out afterwards. And I yeah, see, like, the- right next in the queue is some Alec Jones rants as an indie folk song, so I've got a lot of listening ahead of me yeah when it's we get, when it, we get done here yeah it's one fun. of the comments on this youtube is about nine-year-old sniffing elmer's glue that's that's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing all right so we're gonna like that comment Miss <laughs> all right i think all right so i think it's time to go play dodgeball everybody <laughs> right on <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for the old Thanksgiving show roundup. Everybody, please have yourselves some pumpkin pie. Nick, do you like pumpkin pie? I love pumpkin pie. Brittany, With some pumpkin uh, pie. Cool Whip. Yeah, cool that's whip. cool. 
Yeah. All right. I love Cool Whip so much. It, I uh, yeah. I like a pumpkin roll as well. I like a lot of spice. If you give me the spice. But I, I don't really do the pumpkin spice lattes or any of that type of stuff. But I'll do a pumpkin pie for sure. No, yeah, I mean anything like a spice cake, a spice pie, anything of that yeah. nature. Oh, absolutely. Yes, and then a lot of Cool Whip. Of course. Like a snickerdoodle? Yes, or a ginger <laughs> snap. Yeah. You guys are moving to the next holiday. This We were just talking pumpkin pie because Thanksgiving. You're right. The things you just said come after Thanksgiving. Those are spiced. Hey, everything's spiced. Sugar and spice. From November 1st on, everything's just spice. Yeah. <laughs> You're spicy. Do you... Th- do the spice. <laughs> spice is nice. <laughs> yep. The spice. All right, this was fun. Nice talking to you. Yeah, had a great time. Yeah, good to t- good to talk to you, Brittany. Have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you both as well. Enjoy being oh, yeah. left alone. Like, be thankful that you get to like not. Well, I mean, I'll figure it out. I think I'm gonna, uh, you know, maybe uh, buy a turkey or something and uh, experiment on it. That's, all right. so, be safe. Buy one that's thawed out because they take a long time to thaw out. So exactly, no frozen, frozen turkey. One. Oh come on, I'm going. I'm going down to Lassen's where they sell uh, the eleven dollar eggs. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you're about yeah, to there's buy a no hundred dollar turkey breast. Exactly. I'm going to try and figure <laughs> out how much they're trying to charge me for this thing. One piece of turducken, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, enjoy. Send photos. All right, all right, I will. All right, happy Thanksgiving, guys. You too. Thanks again for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next week.